0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of PR Masters. You're probably expecting the voice of Art Stevens, who has hosted nearly all of the previous podcasts over the past three years. Well, as you can hear, I'm not Art. In fact, I'm Shelley Spector, president of Spector and Associates and founder of the Museum of PR. In fact, I was even once a guest on this series myself. But today, Phaedra Pure and I decided it was high time we hear art story from art. Art has a very distinguished career in public relations. A good part of that was running Lopes and Stevens, the agency where I spent six wonderful years. Today, he's considered one of the foremost M and A professionals in the business. He's also held various positions at PRSA founded a scholarship program with CUNY, and somehow also found the time to write three books about the business of PR. So my first question, Art, is how do you find the energy to do all these things?
1: Well, first of all, thank you very much for taking on the role of moderator today, Shelley. I really appreciate it. Uh, You've taken my job away from me. And uh, you and Fay Shapiro of Compro have literally forced me to be the subject of today's uh, PR Masters podcast. So I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that you forced me and for the recognition. Uh, how do I find time? Uh, I think I have a lot of energy, Shelley. Um, I'm one of those multiple taskers. I like to do a lot of different things at once. I can't stand sitting still, and I can't sit standing still. <laughs> uh, whichever goes in that order. But uh, I just enjoy taking part in a lot of different activities and, uh, that's, that's always been the case with me my entire life, professional and uh, personal. And very often the two are merged because of what has come up. But I, I think the old adage applies. If you want to get something done, take it to a busy person.
0: Absolutely. And you have been very busy throughout your career. I know that. And it seems that everybody in PR today knows your name, Art Stevens, and pretty much everyone knows what you've been doing these days. But what are some of the things that people in PR, people in this industry, don't know about you?
1: Well, uh, they, what they don't know about me is that I obviously I have some hobbies that I take part in, and also I'm involved in, you know, with some volunteer organizations. The first thing that I think people know that I am a uh, humor writer and I write I have written a column for the uh, Sanibel weekly newspaper, Sanibel, Florida, where I spend my winters in doing my work from there. Um, I've been writing that column for more than 20 years. Uh, It's called Shell Shocked. And I do send it out periodically on my own mailing list uh so you may have seen that but uh i actually write a weekly column you know which forces me to sit down come up with ideas um and really come up with a, a column that is humorous and literate and uh expresses a point of view about something i'm free to write about whatever i like and i enjoy that very much the other part that people don't know about me is that i i love to sing uh those people who attended some past spring conferences of the council's academy Remember that I was in the uh, annual show called uh, Late Night with David Grant, who was the host and, uh, and uh, uh, producer, you know, of the show. And I would sing various songs, including some humor songs. And I actually recorded an album called Art Stevens' Greatest Hits. And for the and for a period of about ten years. Um, myself and some other colleagues of mine who were good singers, we entertained at senior citizen centers in New York City about once a month. And my my thing is singing uh, the American Songbook, you know, Cold Porter, Irving Berlin, and what have you. And I love to sing. And uh, those are some of the things I do uh, as a sideline to, to my day-to-day job.
0: I've always loved your singing art. And I was one of the first people who got the cassette. I mean, back then, it was just a little cassette, and you signed it for me, Art Stephen Sings. I love it. (laughs) Um, Well, let's get to some serious stuff here. How is the mergers and acquisition market today, now that COVID seems to be winding down?
1: I think it's very strong. Actually, it really didn't skip much of a beat, even during uh, the uh, pandemic pandemic. I think there are some niches uh, among PR agencies that were hurt very badly. Um, they really took a beating, like travel and tourism took a beating, uh, consumer products somewhat, um, general agencies. But there are certain niches that, that continue to do well. For example, uh, public affairs has continued to do well, healthcare, care, uh, financial services technology are among the areas that did very, very well. So it was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, some agencies actually held their own and and did even better, you know, in 2020 uh, than they did the year before, despite the pandemic. Others took a beating, as I said. A lot of agencies in those initiatives I mentioned that that uh, were not doing well, some of them lost 50 to 60 percent of their business, like in just a few months, and have had to struggle to come back. Um, but overall, the mergers and acquisition marketplace was very, very strong. Um, I, I obviously work with many buyers and many sellers, uh, which I've done now for the past 12 or 13 years. And, uh, it's, it's, it, it's a very rewarding, uh, uh, activity for me. It's kind of my post, you know, uh, agency, uh, experience, but, but allows me to stay in the, in the world of PR agencies, which I adore.
0: I think that's terrific. So there probably are several business uh, presidents looking for advice right now in selling their agencies, I would imagine. Is it a good time now? And what kind of advice would you give those who are looking to sell their agencies?
1: Well, the advice I give is kind of know thyself, you know, uh, quoting Shakespeare there for a moment just to show you that I'm very literate. <laughs> uh Really know thyself. Know what it is you want to do going forward with your life and your business. Um, You know, some agencies obviously have been around and flourishing, you know, for many, many years. Um, And the owners feel feel they can go on forever. Um, Others take a look at their agency and what the future holds. And they think that if they were part of another organization, then whatever happens to them as time goes by, they'd at least have the protection of perpetuity for the, for the agency and for their, all of their employees. So uh, if you're looking to uh, exit right away, it's probably not a good thing to do. Uh, currently, the trend is for uh, agency owners, you know, to sell their agencies, but stay on, you know, with the, with the buying uh, organization uh, and, and, continue their future with that uh, larger organization. That seems to be the trend now. So agency owners are looking for opportunities to continue their own growth for what will be the unit of a larger organization, but to become an integral part of a larger organization. That's where the action is. And I think that's what I advise people today. Um, don't think about just exiting in a year or two. That's not that's not going to work very well currently. Uh, hang around, you know. Enjoy yourself. Be part of a larger organization. Jumpstart yourself. Jumpstart your career. Um, and and have a good time and do something new.
0: Now, when Lopes and Stevens was sold, you went into a much larger agency, and it was from that experience that you wrote your book, How and Why. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience must have been like for you?
1: Right. Um, my firm was acquired by Publicis, you know, the one of the top three or four uh, holding companies uh, throughout the world. It owns ad agencies and many other PR agencies that it presently owns the MSL group, Manning, Salvage and Lee. Um, I was approached at a certain point. Uh, my firm had grown quite a bit. Uh, We were at the highest revenue and profit level that we had ever been in our history. And so it was a good time for me to look at uh, that option of selling the agency. I didn't have to look very far because uh, I was approached by two or three seemingly at about the same time and i went through the process of evaluating uh, each of those buyers what they could do for me how i could what i i could do for them uh, how i would fit into their organizations and so on and ultimately i did choose a publicist uh, and i stayed off for 3 years and i became head of what became their new york office i learned a lot through the process of acquisition because not only was uh, my firm lopes and stevens acquired but during the previous 4 or 5 years uh, I made about four acquisitions, and I added to uh, Lopes & Stevens. Uh, I, I acquired some smaller firms that uh, that got me into niches that I wanted to be in, like technology um, and uh, uh, manufacturing and, and a few others, uh, investor relations. So I, I strengthened the core uh, base of Lopes & Stevens. I obviously increased my critical mass as a result and 4 or 5 years later i was in a position to have a much larger agency uh that i could sell so all of this was like planned by me and uh, i was waiting for the right time to f- find a buyer but they they sought me out now um i learned a lot as i started to say and i learned what it's like to uh to to really dig deep into the organization that you are talking to if you are interested in selling um Who the people are, you know, uh, their quality of life, the, the culture they have in their agency. How does it, how does it combine with the, uh, with the uh, quality of life that you have in your own agency? Um, can you work with these people? What role would you play? I learned a lot of things and, uh, uh, some, some good, some not so good. And because of what I did learn, I was able to pass them on to subsequent clients, you know, during the past number of years doing mergers and acquisitions. And I believe I was able to give really very good advice on really what to look for and what, 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 what to make sure is in your best interest uh, and to ensure the future of yourself and the people who work for you.
0: So how do you go about testing out the people and the culture of the acquiring agency?
1: Well, you know, selling your agency is probably one of the most important things that anybody would do in his or her life. So the thing to do is to really do a very deep dive. You know, don't, don't just do a surface job of, of looking at them. Don't just have one or two meetings. You've got to spend time with these people. You've got to, you've got to meet with the people that you're going to be working with over and over. Uh, you've got to do it in an office. You've got to do it in, in a restaurant, you know, maybe meet their wives or husbands as the case may be. Um, Get to know them. Um, walk, the, walk the halls of their agencies and see see how they have laid out their you know their uh, their their uh, offices and their their infrastructure. Um, talk to other people in the agency. Talk to uh, other acquisitions. You know that uh, this organization has made. Uh, dig deep. Dig very very deep. What's, what is more important to me than just the money you will get in selling your agency is the quality of life that you will have, the quality of life of your key people, um, the future you know, that awaits you, uh, and how integral a part you can be in, in the buying organization. So it's a matter of just digging deep, doing your homework, keeping at it, because it is a very important decision. You know, when you buy a house, you look at a lot of houses and you're looking you know, the the layouts and so on. You've got to do the same thing with uh, with PR agency buyers.
0: That's that's great advice. So you've been on both sides of the equation. I have What advice. Would you give to buyers of PR agencies right now?
1: Well, um, it's really the same thing. Look for an agency that, uh, you know, that is a sibling of yours in some ways. Uh, that has the same values and the same the same kind of culture the same regard for quality of life uh diversity in in, in you know in the in the uh in the agencies um, all of the things that uh we regard now as important social issues uh, um, and to be sure you know that uh you really are On the same wavelength when it comes to running a business, uh, planning for the future, collaboration, and working together. It's really the same thing for a buyer. The buyer is looking for an agency that is similar in values to his or her own. And that's that's what both buyers and sellers do. Uh, And when the two come together, it's a wonderful situation.
0: I guess you've seen when it hasn't worked out.
1: I have. I have. You know, I tend to stay in touch you know, with my clients uh uh long after deals are done um I try to find out you know how the relationship is going um you know usually during what we call the earnout period, you know when obviously the seller has an opportunity to reward himself or herself you know for all the blood sweat and tears that that he's put into growing his business um but you know, quality of life is important. You don't want to get up in the morning and and and, and feel uh, I'm, I hate to go to the office today because I hate these people. You know, so I stay in touch. And when it hasn't worked, uh, it's because the buyer has not lived up to some of the promises it made uh, at the time of the purchase being made. Um, and that's what you have to really keep your eye on if you're a seller. What are the promises that were made? What role will you play in that agency? Uh, you can, a lot of, a lot of this can be put into contra- contractual language, of course, purchase agreements, you know, employment agreements. But the fact of the matter is that, um, when, when acquisitions fail, uh, it's because promises have not been lived up to and suddenly instead of a, a sheep, you find a wolf.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good advice, Art, for a lot of us out here. Now, you've been in the PR business for a very, very long time. You started your own firm when you were in your 20s. No, actually, you were 30 when you started Stevens PR. A few years later, you met a woman named Amelia Lopesens. How did the two of you go to uh, merge into a partnership?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, Both of us had the same feeling. Uh, I Started a business. Uh, I had never like really run a business before. Um, and obviously uh, I started small. I had a few clients uh shortly after I started. <clears throat> I hired a few people. And I found that when I went away on vacations, I would always worry about what was going on, you know, during my absence. Uh, and I'd be calling the office. That's Those are the days when you used to be able to reach somebody when you call them, <laughs> uh not voicemail. And uh, uh, I was always, you know, trying to find out what, 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 what was going on and if I was needed and uh, did I need to talk to a client. And so I got very uncomfortable when I took vacations and I, I truly wanted to take vacations like anybody else. Um, and so I decided that it would be a good idea if I found another agency that I could merge with so that both of us could share in that so that when either of us went away on vacation, the other would always be in the office and handle any crises or emergencies that would take place so that the partner that would vacation wouldn't have to worry about what was going on. And Amelia Lopesens felt the same way. And we were introduced by a fellow named Chester Berger, uh, who, who was very prominent uh, d- during the day of yesteryear of, uh, of, uh, doing mergers and acquisitions facilitating them and he brought Amelia and me together and uh you know we we did click we're very different personalities as you know since you worked with us for six years while Amelia was was there um but um we had a lot of we had a lot of the same goals a lot of the same vision and as different as we were in style and personality we felt we could work together and we did for 17 years
0: that's pretty amazing that's a long time isn't it yeah (laughs) so um moving on you've been involved in the PR business since you were 25 I believe when you became the PR director at Prentice Hall
1: that's right 25
0: so your career has gone on you know at least a few decades how have you seen the industry change in all those years I'm not just talking about the technology but you know Uh, the goals of clients say right or the kind of people who are working in agencies for for instance i remember back when i started there weren't that many women in professional positions right so a lot has changed as far as the people and the culture and what's expected of agencies can you talk a little bit about that
1: sure um you know a lot of the agencies that were high on the list of, of the of the biggest you know when I started in the agency world uh are no longer here they 've been they 've been acquired in turn and they 've been uh, uh obviously uh integrated into into larger situations you know that was the case of you know manning salvage and lee uh uh it started with uh salvage and lee you know a, I think a Cleveland public relations firm and they merged with uh uh What's his name? Farling. Um, uh, and it became, uh, you know, uh, Manning, Salvage, and Lee. I think his name was Manning. Sorry. Farley Manning. Farley Manning was his name. <laughs> um, and he had a firm in New York and they, uh, they, they merged and became, you know, Manning, Salvage, and Lee. And then they were acquired and subsequently became part of uh, Publicis. So a lot of firms have merged and, uh, um, and and the the agency business has gotten so much bigger. When I started out in the agency world, I think the largest agency at the time, I think it was neck and neck between Burson-Marsteller and Hill and & Knowlton. I think their billings were like about ten or eleven million dollars. Honestly, you know, today we're talking about a PR firm like Edelman and Weber Shandwick that's approaching a billion dollars in fees. I never thought I would see the day that that would happen. So clearly, what has happened is that PR budgets have increase exponentially on the part of you know corporate clients uh, public relations have, has become an integral part of marketing um and branding uh and uh the means by which corporations talk to their publics so of course early in the game it was broadcast media and print media uh totally and now of course it's it's social media and all kinds of other media uh through facebook and linkedin and and uh, instagram and what have you twitter Um, So, yes, the technology obviously has changed, but PR has gotten to be a very, very big business. Um, And the reason it is, is because clients, corporations have found tremendous value in public relations. Otherwise, PR would not get the kind of budgets that it presently gets. So the budgets have increased. The size of agencies have increased. There are more agencies in in the country than ever before around the world. Uh, PR is flourishing in Europe, Asia, what have you, uh, Canada. Um, And so it's become a big business. The second biggest thing that has taken place is uh, it went from a cottage industry to real business. You know, originally people started agencies like me who have the real no experience in learning in, in knowing how to run a business. Uh, that has changed. Uh, it's changed for a number of reasons. One, the owner understands that he or she wears two hats. You know, one, providing service to clients and coming up with really good public relations results. And the other is running a business, which means, you know, hiring and firing, profitability, uh, technology, human resources, all of those things. Um, so what's changed there is that agency owners have become better business people, know how to run their businesses better. And it's become a real business as opposed to a cottage industry, which it was when I started.
0: So there's been another change and that is the increase of professional women in the business.
1: Yes, uh, that is for sure. Um, what's interesting to me is that um, when I started my agency, um, and worked after working at another one, you know, prior to that and starting my agency, um, I have always uh, uh, found that uh, women, uh, as well as men, are outstanding uh, at public relations. In other words, there was no gender deficiency in any way. And so in my agency, I always had many more women than men for the simple reason that the women we hired were really outstanding. But then more and more agencies, you know, were were started by women. Um, some of them have been extraordinarily successful, you know, to the to, to the current day. Um, and I think more and more women became attracted, you know, to the public relations uh, profession. Um, and for whatever the reasons, you know, there are still a lot of men, of course, and there are still, you know. In, in all of the big agencies, uh, there are both men and women who are heading them, you know, from uh, you know Marina Marr to Tom Coyne uh, to, you know, Grace Leong, you know, to uh, Scott Allison. Um, there are really uh, outstanding men and women leaders, but a lot of women have been attracted, you know, to the profession Um uh, because it's a good profession, you know, it, it uh, allows people to be creative, you know, visionary, uh, articulate, uh, good thinkers, good advisors. And so to my mind, it was only natural that, that many more women would be would be directed toward public relations as time went on.
0: Well, diversity is another big issue, another t- kind of, you know, it wasn't so much of an important issue 20, 30 years ago as much as it is now and you have a very important role in increasing diversity in the profession.
1: Well, you know, I I was uh, very active in the uh, New York chapter of uh, PRSA. I was I'm a past president. Um, I, I created a mentoring program as well, and I created a, a program uh, with Lynn Lynn Applebaum. You know, who is uh, had been part of the City College uh, faculty, who founded a wonderful uh, public relations and advertising uh, curricula at City College. has become one of the best in the country. And we put together a program, you know, to bring uh, New York City agencies uh, into the college classroom, uh, particularly uh, the classrooms that consisted of minority students, um, to acquaint them with public relations. Our job was to try to attract uh, people of varying cultures uh, and creeds and color you know to uh, consider public relations as a career so uh and then i also did a lot of mentoring along with a bunch of people i i put together i started a program called uh uh the the uh, the, uh, uh legends mentoring program there it came out the legends mentoring program where well, I, I got some of the top names in the public relations agency and corporate uh areas to uh, agree to act as mentors to students who came from the various colleges and universities around New York City. So I have been very deeply involved in diversity myself uh, and it is a vital job for any uh, agency today to make certain that uh, all bases are covered and that we give opportunity, you know, to to those who in the past have not had such an opportunity. Uh, I think that's improving dramatically. I think many more agencies, uh, you will see, obviously, people of various cultures, creeds, and color, and what have you. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I, I, I'm also on the board uh, of something called the Crossroads Theater Company, which is an African-American regional theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And the reason that I got onto that board is because a good friend of mine, Anthony Carter, uh, who is a former top uh, corporate uh, PR executive at Bristol-Myers Squibb, and then went on to join uh, Johnson & Johnson in New Brunswick as head of worldwide diversity. Uh, You know, Anthony is African-American, but he and I have been close friends for many, many years, and he's president of uh, Crossroads. And he invited me, to be on the board of it. Uh, and I readily joined and I have been so rewarded by the kind of high caliber work that this uh, theater company does. In fact, some years ago, it won a a Tony award as the best regional theater in the country. So I'm actively involved in that, you know, which helps to foster greater understanding between African-Americans, you know, and, uh, and, and the general population. Um, and, uh, my heart is very much in it. And, uh, uh, I think that more heart should be in it as well
0: That's terrific, work. so as we begin to wind down, uh, let's be a little nostalgic here, looking back, what are you most proud of in your career?
1: I am proud of the people that i've mentored I'm proud of the people who have gone through the the carters of my firm Lopes and Stevens, including you, Shelley. Uh, you were with me for six years, and you've gone on to have a great career. You founded the PR Museum. Uh, You have a wonderful agency. Um, I was at your wedding. (laughs) Uh, Your husband and Barry is is just a great human being, and as you are, Uh, I'm proud of the friendships that I have made. I'm proud of the networking that I've done. I'm I'm proud of having chipped in to help further the profession uh, as it has, and I wrote a book called The Persuasion Explosion, uh, which was a book aimed at the general business reader, explaining what public relations is all about. Um, And that that book itself brought me a lot of new friends, uh, you know, in in the business community. Uh, I'm proud of the friendships that I've made in the profession. I love public relations. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. I wouldn't change my career for anything in the world. Um, And so what I am most proud of is... The help that I've provided, I believe, you know, to people uh, who needed some guidance, you know, some impetus, some jumpstart to further their careers and get up that corporate ladder or that agency ladder. I'm very proud of them. I consider them, you know, my, you know, my uh, mentees, if you will. Um, and I stay in touch with so many of them, as you know.
0: That's great. Art. Well, looking forward, how would you most like to be remembered by the
1: industry? Well, um, <laughs> um, I would like to be remembered as uh, somebody who cared, um, who took the extra step to get things done, uh, to do things the right way with honor, with dignity, uh, with integrity, um, to provide value, you know, to uh, the businesses and the clients, the many blue chip clients that I've served over the years. And at present, you know, the agencies and, and uh, uh, holding companies that I work with in terms of helping them find the right mates going forward. Um, I just would like to be remembered for how I have helped. Uh, uh, I think that's what I've been all about. I just want to help people make the right moves, uh, get ahead, do the right things. Uh, and I've been blessed by being put in positions where I'm able to do that. So that's how I'd like to be remembered. As a guy who, who could get things done, but who was honorable and uh, served with dignity.
0: I know that uh, people will be remembering you for that. You've helped thousands of people. You've helped hundreds of companies, and um, we're you know it's too soon to be talking about all that. But uh, you know certainly you're going to be remembered fondly when the time comes. Thank you. Um, but in the meantime, thanks so much, Art, for your time today your sense of humor your insights which are very very important today and to those of you listening stay tuned for the next episode of the PR Masters podcast when the interviewer will once again be Art Stevens thank you so much for listening today and if you'd like to hear other PR Masters podcasts check out the complete library over at compro.biz thank you very much